Welcome to the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. To stay connected, go to revivaltoday.com. And now, here is Evangelist Jonathan. Well, welcome to, what day is this? Day three of prayer and fasting. I don't count if it's a long fast because it's too depressing. Believe it or not, I've missed you, and uh, I'm glad to be back, and I'm going to be back a lot during uh, prayer and fasting. So congratulations on everything you've done since I've been gone. Actually, as well as you're doing, I'm thinking maybe staying gone might be better. That outreach you did was absolutely miraculous. All those people saved. I want to thank Brother Troy and all the leaders that are here that are doing such an amazing job. And then to have this many people turn out for prayer and fasting, when we started the church in Pittsburgh, we had about 30 people. Sometimes on a good night, we'd have 45 or so that would come out for prayer and fasting in year one. And then you see, obviously, the church is full now. And uh, the ratio of people that come on Sunday to come back to pray here in Fort Worth shows the, the strength of the core here. And so I'm very glad with everything God's doing. Amen. You hear, unless you're, you, you just shut all electronics off, then you hear, th- thanks musicians, you, you can be seated. Unless you uh, shut off all electronics, you hear people predicting things that are very fearful in 2024. I started a message last night on reckless faith, and I'm going to go to part two tonight. There's a type of faith that puts you in the driver's seat no matter what's going on in the world. Whatever does or does not happen in 2024, from now until the coming of the Lord, the Bible's clear that we're living in a different time. The Bible says that Satan, knowing his time is short, declared war on the children of men. The devil knows he's going to end up in the lake of fire. So he's just on a rampage to ruin as much of what God wants as he can while there's time. But God gave us something to walk in victory over what the devil's doing. There's no, there's no amount of strength or heat, like if you take like a gas stove. It's not like the devil is operating at a four, but then if he turns it up to nine, we're in trouble. There's no strength that the devil has in his arsenal that can't be overcome by faith. The Bible says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, even our faith. So loading up on faith in prayer and fasting. I'll take that. And and then uh, Brother Kofir, somebody wants to run me my notes on my phone up above. Thanks, Brother Jay. Faith is not something to cling to in difficult times to survive the storm. In fact, all the teaching on faith that when the seas are stormy, if faith will get you through to the other side and while the storm's raging. Jesus did not use faith as a life raft in the storm. Jesus used faith to command the storm to cease. Faith puts the believer in command everywhere they go. So God's going to give you something tonight and in these meetings that whatever's happening in the world. I was listening to Dr. Jerry Savelle because I like him a lot. And I like people that have a great track record. I like to hear what they have to say about... uh what God showed him about the new year. So obviously you heard when I talked to my uncle Ted and then I was listening to what God put on Dr. Jerry's spirit. And he said basically the same thing I heard him say in 2021 when I was in his meeting, 
Don't get distracted by what's going on in the world. There's a lot of things that could break loose this year. Obviously, there's people that do not want there to be an election for any reason. And so whatever they would use to do the war powers, you cannot allow your peace to be dictated by outside force. There has to be an understanding. That book, I don't know if they have it in the lobby or not. How many of you have the book I wrote, How to Dominate in a Wicked World? Well, you, I would encourage you to get that. I wrote that when Joe Biden won the election because most Christians you were around, you'd have thought Jesus passed away in November of 2020. Like there was no, they're going to pack the Supreme Court. They're going to take all our rights away. Most Christians have a they're going to do mentality. Did you hear what they're doing? Did you hear what they're planning? Now I'm telling you, there is nothing in my spirit about the World Economic Forum being like equal with me, not just the church. Greater is he, doesn't just say greater is he that lives in the church. Greater is he that lives in you than he that's in the world. You're going to have to, not just 2024, everybody in Pittsburgh, everybody in Texas, you're going to have to carry that Christ lives in me mentality from now till when Jesus comes. Regular faith is not going to cut it from now till the coming of the Lord. The Bible says the attack will be so great that men's hearts will fail them because of the fear. Men's hearts, Jesus said, will fail them because of the fear. Well, what's the counter? What's the counter to fear? Faith. So you have a choice in the last hour of time to either load up on faith or to have your heart fail you because of fear. You hear people announce it from the pulpit now. How many of you know we're in a mental health crisis? No, you're in a mental health crisis. And you, that mental health crisis came from not being loaded up on the thing that gives you perfect peace. The Bible still says in 2024, perfect peace will I give him whose mind is stayed on me, whose heart is fixed on me. You will never be in a mental health crisis at Revival Today Church. You're going to enjoy the peace of God that passes all understanding. If you believe that, go ahead and do what you're already doing. Clap your hands. Let me see my church back in Pittsburgh. Let me see my wife. Ah, I love you, everybody. And always, there's my daughter, ADD, kicking in, but there she's back in her seat. Love you in Pittsburgh. They're on delay. They're not ignoring me or angry at me. I love you. Whenever the delay stops, wave at me so I know you can hear me. Oh, it must be a serious delay. Have I cursed that much that they have me like on a 30-second delay? We love you. Glad, glad that, that, that you're there in Pittsburgh and glad that you're there here. Um... This is not something we do. Oh, there you go. Good. Everybody's hearing aid turned on. Praise the Lord. We love, love you in Pittsburgh. Love you, Dallas. Love you, Camila. Love you, all my family over there. Oh, there you go. Good. Praise God. This is not something we do out of religious tradition. Some of you that have followed, even in Texas, you know, people have been following our ministry down here and been a part of our ministry since uh, for a long time, 2014. Anybody has seen that as we've taken the beginning of this year to fast and pray, that the same thing happens every year. You get divine instructions from the Lord. Then prayer is a seed. The Bible says you do not know what to pray for nor how you should pray, but the Holy Spirit who knows all things prays through you. Prayers in line with the will of God that can't be uttered in your natural language. So when you pray in tongues, you're praying into your future. Who knows how old I was praying in tongues when we were praying about that airplane, commanding it to come. The church in Texas, before I had ever been to Texas in my life. So 
fasting and prayer not only does something in the first 21 days, it actually is a seedbed for a miraculous year. We played that eight-minute video on New Year's Eve that showed. I mean, that looks like a lifetime highlight of a ministry. You can actually even see the growth of the ministry from the beginning of the year till the end of the year. That's not normal. Not only was there explosive supernatural growth, it was effortless. I'm the most stress-free I've ever been in my ministry, dangerously stress-free. Because somebody was asking me today, and I've told, I told you the whole fast. I always have people ask me, what are your goals for the new year? I, told, I don't have any goals. I get instructions from God in the 21 days and then carry out the instructions. Obviously, everything with God grows, so that doesn't have to be a goal. You do what God tells you to do, it grows. Anyone can tell. Now, I have no plans on starting a third church. But just knowing how God works, he that's faithful of small things will be made ruler over much. If Jesus tarries in however many years, there'll be a day where we stand in this pulpit and we go on the screen to every state in America and provinces in Canada and have people by the hundreds of thousands fasting and praying all over the world because everything God touches grows. And you'll be a part of a big worldwide family. How many of you ever heard of Bishop David Oyedepo in Nigeria? I was reading something that somebody published yesterday that that's the large, if you don't know, that's the largest church in the world. They have about half a million worshipers every Sunday. It's a 50,000 seat auditorium. And then they have to have about 200,000 people sit in overflow outside the building. So now they're constructing a 109,000 seat auditorium, indoor air conditioned. And then they'll use the 50 some thousand seat as overflow as a viewing center. Then plus you still want, they're actually building a man-made lake. They probably got the idea from you guys because I think Texas uh, owns the rights to man-made lakes. But they're building a man-made lake not for aesthetics, for baptism. Because they have to baptize people. To, their average, their average first-time decisions for Christ is 2,200 a week. So you can't baptize 2,200 people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I mean, you'd be there till next Sunday. So they're going to have, they have 1,100 plus pastors on staff. And they'll baptize 1,100 at a time in a lake. Now, I I tell you that because in the 1980s, Bishop David Oyedepo ran a student ministry with 70 people. And as they were having their meeting in the 80s, they were praying in tongues. And he said, the Lord just showed me that he's adding wings to this ministry. And that one day this ministry will fly around from church to church. And it'll be a worldwide ministry. You know, God will have you say things that you sound completely nuts when you say it, I think this guy's getting a little wound up on this fast. I mean, you wings, you can't even afford a car. He didn't have a car at the point that he prophesied the wings. Now that church has 22,000 branches in 180 countries of the world. And they just acquired, I think it was aircraft number three. You know, if you land in Lagos, Nigeria, it would take you, even though, even though it's not far away, it'd be like from Dallas to Fort Worth. In Nigeria, it would take you about five hours to make that drive. When I went to Lagos, it took me an hour and a half to get off the airport property. That's how the traffic is. So they have a plane to land. Then they have a Bell helicopter to go from Lagos to the church, and he's back in 25, 30 minutes. That happened in what would be considered a third world economic country by getting in the flow of the Holy Ghost. Now, I've been preaching on this. I've been preaching on this all during the fast. 
But it bears repeating because most people, I was talking with one of my friends today, they listen to Christian leadership podcasts and, and, and secular leadership podcasts. And the Christian leadership stuff says the same thing that the world's saying. Set goals, have a vision board, reach for more. That is not the flow of the Holy Ghost. I never said, I promise you, if you would have talked to me at our board meeting last February and said, what are the chances of you starting a church in Texas? I would have said 0%. I have one in Pittsburgh. I don't, two, I can't have two. And then the Lord spoke, build me a strong church in Fort Worth. Here it is. And it's growing, growing more turnout in year one than we had in Pittsburgh. And it'll go from there. So you don't get in the flow. Faith is not trying to advance. There's no striving in faith. Faith is hearing the voice of the spirit and then walking. Say this with me. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. The Lord will show you what steps to take. You know, somebody, um, if you were watching, how many of you were here at the service yesterday? You saw that guy from South Dakota that runs that ranch that I interviewed. How did he meet me in Tampa? Why was I in Tampa? Pastor Rodney called me when he got out of prison and said, would you help me in the stand? I'm going to hold church every night because they're going to try to shut the churches back down. Will you come and help me? I said, Pastor Rodney, I'm still traveling. You know, I thought, I thought the COVID thing, I was just going to like, I thought this is going to be three weeks, four weeks. People will wake up and we'll get back to normal. And I told him I wasn't coming. And he asked me a second time, which he's never done. Would you please come and help me? When he said it the second time, I knew, you know, he was under the gun and didn't need somebody to preach. Wyatt Earp needed Doc Holliday to come and stand with him. And I, I knew when he said that, that's why I needed to be there. So I said, all right, I'll come. And I did something I'd never have done before. I went down. I, we rented. I mean, this is way before. There's no plane or anything. We, we, had, we were month to month, week to week with money. It was enough for me to have one house. So we go lease a house. A short-term lease in Florida for three months and then go preach at that stand, which I didn't want to. He never said anything about what I was going to get paid or anything. I just thought, well, I feel in my spirit to go. Well, do you know how many things came out? How many of you by a show of hands the first time you ever saw me was at the stand with Dr. Rodney? Put your hands up. So even tonight, the crowd would be down about 15% if I disobeyed that. So there I go down there. There was a pastor that went to his normal conference and they were mandating masks and all that. So he said, I'm not coming in. I'm not wearing a mask. This is supposed to be a faith movement. I'm out of here. So he keeps driving to Tampa to go to the meeting. And he said, when I saw that you were preaching, I came to hear Dr. Rodney. I went to leave. And I felt the Lord speak to me. No, just listen to him tonight. That's that pastor, Pastor Dean Shropshire in Hobbs, New Mexico. He walked over to me the second night and said, will you come to my church? The same way I felt to come to the stand. I said, yeah, I will come to your church. I don't know where it is. I don't know who you are, but I feel God on you. So that Hobbs, New Mexico opened up from that. All these things opened up from being led by the Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. And the Bible says, not just the destination of the righteous, the steps of, the, of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. When you get, it's like you have Christians on a ditch in either side of the road. One group is bums. They have no ambition. They don't want to do anything for the Lord. I need breakthrough. I need healing. I need help. And then you got the other group that they, they have the God part of them to increase, but they go about it secularly. It's how Abraham birthed Ishmael. 
It's one thing to know what God has you to do, but if you do it through the flesh, there's problems. When we went to go get our second building in land in Pittsburgh, you heard me say when I, when I had that first spade of I said, instead of going to the bank and getting a capital loan, let's give God a chance and see what he does. Let's sow a million dollars into the work of the Lord rather than put it as a down payment to the bank. And let's see if God can't outperform PNC Bank. And we spent the final nine months of this year rolling in the blessing of Almighty God. You are going to spend, I don't care what goes on, I tell you this, whatever's planned, war with China, domestic war, you won't feel it. You're going to swim in the blessing of God all of 2024. You, your children, your children's children, and your business and there's not a thing the devil can do about it if you believe it can you say amen praise God and he did it stay in the spirit don't birth Ishmael birth Isaac do it by the spirit don't do it by the flesh there's almost my friend pastor Brian from Massachusetts is here and we were talking on the way down I said a lot most ministers they trouble me when I hear their story about why they're doing what they're doing or where they're doing it, because there's no God element to anything. We felt, we decided, we outgrew our building, so we got together and said, <laughs> not only are there no stories from my life or ministry that begin that way, I will never allow there to be any. Everything should read like a Bible story. And the Lord said unto them, turn to Acts chapter 13. Acts 13, 1. Among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, Manaen, and Saul. One day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting. Everybody say, and fasting. I mean, no, they fasted in the Old Testament, but we don't have to do that in the New Covenant. No, they're in the New Covenant. This is the book of Acts, post-resurrection. They're worshiping the Lord with fasting. The Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I've called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. If this was written in American church or Canadian church or European church, it would read like this. Saul and Barnabas said, we would like to travel and we would like to do a special work for the Lord. And so they went out. There's everything that you hear in modern Christianity. The person and their thoughts and their desires are the lead horse in the parade. If you went to my house, you would be very unimpressed. I'm not saying that to brag or to be humble. I'm just telling you, I've been in the same house for about nine years. Because I have people come over sometimes and they know, when are you going to get a bigger house? I have, when the Lord, the same way I got a plane, when the Lord feels I'm under house, I'm not striving for anything. Faith is not taking Bible principles and trying to get the things you want. The higher faith is to hear the voice of the Lord, hear ye the voice of the Lord, and walk therein. Now, to bring it back from that ditch to help the people in the other ditch, that's not an excuse for poverty or, well, when the Lord, when the Lord wants me to have a car and stop needing a ride, he'll give me, I don't mean that. It's doing, it's doing what God said 
with the understanding that as I do it, anything that's born of God grows. It is impossible for anything that's connected to God to not grow. Can you say amen? I have no concerns about this church, whether I'm here or not. As long as there's no sin and the word becomes the main thing, this church will grow and grow and grow under the coming of the Lord because God's word is incorruptible seed. So this is not what I grew up in. The Pentecostal holiness, false humility, I don't have anything because I'm following God. No. God's voice never leads backwards. It always leads forward. God's voice never leads backward. It always leads forward. So I'm putting one foot in front of the other, knowing that it is a guaranteed multiplication and result. Can you say amen? A man had servants and went away on a long trip. He gave five talents to one, two talents to another, and one talent to the other in proportion to their ability. After he came back, he called them in to give an account to what they had done with the talents. Matthew 25. One said, sir, I took your talents and quickly doubled it. See, you see what I'm doing here. I'm not waiting for Fort Worth Church to grow. I'm here. And I'm sprinkling it with the fertilizer and water that grows it. The word of God. The sower sows the word. So I'm here. And then I'll be in Pittsburgh tomorrow night and back here again next week several times and doing the work. I'm not talking about laziness and letting God do it. But I'm not worried about anything. I know as I do what God's called me to do, there is no devil, there is no political party, there is no opposition that can stop what God has started or can curse what God has blessed. So one of the things that you're gaining tonight is when you fast and pray. They were ministering to the Lord with worshiping and fasting. They weren't begging, Lord, use us, take us to the nations. No, they were ministering to the Lord with fasting and prayer. And God said, set these two men apart that are in this meeting for the special work that I've called them to. At some point, obviously, that happened with me. I don't know when. Could have been at youth camp. Could have been at kids camp. When you spend time in church, in spiritual meetings, it marks your life out for a special work. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2. Verse 15, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who rightly divides the word of truth. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. This type of talk spreads like cancer. They left the path of truth claiming that the resurrection of the dead had already occurred. In this way, they have turned some people away from the faith. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his, and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. In a wealthy home, some utensils are of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are for special occasions and the cheap ones are for everyday use. 
if you keep yourself pure. So whose court is the ball in? Who, who decides? Did God didn't say, if I keep you pure. If you keep yourself pure, there's actions you take that determine what drawer you're going to be in. The Bible says God has a drawer of common servants and then God has a drawer of uncommon servants. If you keep yourself pure, you'll be a vessel of honor fit for a special work. Well, where are you tonight? We're not having this conversation at a bar. We're not having this conversation at a club or a dance hall. To set yourself apart, to fast and pray at the beginning of the year, secures for you what it secured for Saul and Barnabas. You're not looking, you know, you're doing what you're doing for the Lord out of a love for him. But knowing that promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or the south, promotion comes from the Lord. Well, how does he promote? As you minister to the Lord in fasting and prayer, the Lord said, set them apart for a special work. Just you being here right now, you're being pure. I don't see anyone punching anyone or practicing witchcraft in the back. I don't see anybody with a big black hat and a cauldron and a broom. There's nobody doing witchcraft or anger or sexual immorality. Being in church is pure. Can you say amen? How can I be pure? You're doing it right now. It's impossible to be there on this fast. If you partake in everything we're doing, 10 a.m., noon, and, and night, there's no time to sin. Then plus you're fasting, you don't have the energy to sin. Somebody came by with a case of alcohol and you're an alcoholic, you're too tri- tired to pick it up. You've expended all your energy in the house of the Lord. There's something to be said about that. That you're giving, you're planting your whole life as a seed these 21 days and will spend the remaining 340 days reaping a supernatural harvest that comes to you from heaven. If you receive that in Pittsburgh, you receive that in Texas, clap your hands all ye people, give God a mighty, mighty shout. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now say this from your spirit. I'm taking the steps that it takes. To secure a harvest. My, my cousin wrote a book on fasting and prayer. I like the title that he chose. Provoking God's favor through fasting and prayer. See, people think God is, people confuse God being sovereign with God being random. I mean, you know, God's sovereign. And the way they teach that is, you know, we don't know who he's going to heal. We don't know who he's going to bless. He's sovereign. In his sovereignty, he chose his word. So it doesn't just say promotion comes from the Lord. If you keep reading, you read what we just read. Oh, there's things I can do to secure promotion. If I live free from sin, if I take time to fast and pray. You know, if you have children in your home, as much as you want to treat them all equally, if one is always attending to you, there's going to be something in your heart. I'm going to bless that kid. I've done it with Camila. One time I was up playing video games. I never asked for anything. She comes up with a Red Bull and, and nacho cheese Doritos and lays them on the table and left. I never said I was hungry. She had noticed what I ate and what I drank and brought it to me. When she did that, I thought, you just bought yourself a car. One day when you're older, I'm going to pay you back for what you just did. There's things. Well, that's, what did Jesus say? Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. If you fathers being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. 
how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to all who ask? Well, as you're in the house of the Lord, praying and worshiping. How many of you were here the first night of the fast? I don't know if there's ever been a second time where I didn't preach in my whole ministry. The anointing was on that worship, and when I got ready to preach, I felt the scripture kick up to me. As they ministered to the Lord, worshiping and fasting. Not fasting and praying, worshiping and fasting. The Lord said, so just worship. We'll just take the first day of prayer and fasting and lift up holy hands unto God without wrath or doubting and worship the Lord. And the anointing swept in. And man, it's been an open heaven these last two days and tonight. And we're only in day three. Your flesh is only going to get weaker and your spirit's only going to get stronger. I am telling you, whatever the devil has planned for 2024, it's not enough to take out the fire that's coming into your spirit tonight. The devil does not have the capacity to take out the man or woman of God that's filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. If you're one of those men and women, clap your hands under the Lord one more time. So don't focus. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, mark out a straight path for your feet, then stay on the path and stay safe in the New Living Translation. Don't look to the left or the right in the New Living. Don't get sidetracked. There's going to be plenty of opportunity in 2024 to get sidetracked. Because it's an election year. And sometime in the last eight years, America turned into Africa during an election year. When I'd go preach in Africa, the pastor told me, let's not have a meeting next year. I'll, I'll invite you back the year after because it's an election year. So they just know it's going to be chaotic. There's going to be things that are done from outside forces to disrupt the country. So just let it sit this year. Well, that's where we're at this year. You know what I have to say about that? Who cares? I'm not even spending any time praying about it. The world is going to get darker before the coming of the Lord. When God told Noah a, fo a, a flood's coming, any time spent fasting and praying for there not to be a flood is wasted time. This earth and everything in it is going to pass away. You know, I, I heard pastors when, when Hamas attacked Israel pray, Lord, let peace be restored to Israel and may there never be another war. Let me tell you something. Unless you're going to find a way to get God to rip Ezekiel 37 and 38 out of everybody's Bible, you're wasting your time. You cannot pray out a prophetic agenda. If God said this present earth and everything in it is going to pass away, then this earth and everything in it is going to pass away. I don't need, let me tell you something. God's provision has zero dependency on there being cash, though I would fight with every fiber of my being to keep cash. I'm not preaching something to get you not involved politically or not involved in our country. I am telling you, all the things that would make you afraid, the devil has no capacity to curse what God has blessed. And I'm looking at people in Texas, and I'm looking through that lens in Pittsburgh and Toronto and all over the world. You are blessed by the most high God who made the heavens and the earth. God has blessed you, and the devil is wasting his time with any, any plan to curse you. If you believe it, can you shout amen? Say it so your own spirit can hear it. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Say, God has, me. God has blessed me. No devil can curse me. So, you know, whatever's planned for this year. I already felt it in my spirit, and you heard me preach on a New Year's Eve, and I heard Dr. Jerry say it. There'll be plenty of opportunity to get sidetracked this year. 
Keep your eyes on the word. What does the Bible say? The secret, Adonis and I taught on it this morning. I will keep in perfect peace all those whose heart is fixed on me, whose mind is stayed on me. Psalm 1. What does the first psalm tell you the secret to prosperity is? Psalm 1. They meditate on my word day and night. Do you know why I even have a YouTube channel and an app? It was because I saw other ministries do it. I was an evangelist only, no pastor. I'd go pray for people, they'd get healed. I'd come back to the church 18 months, they had the same problem again. And I realized people weren't having a continual hearing of the word. The average church member comes one in America 1.9 Sundays a month. If they go to a church that speaks any word, they're getting 30, 40 minutes a word a week and 100 plus hours of pharmaceutical commercials getting them thinking about death and cancer and whatever else. So the Lord said, put something out where after people get touched in your meetings, they at least have an option to flip something on in their car where they can hear the word. And out came the YouTube channel. And then the app, once we realized YouTube was going to start, which by the way, where did the app come from? The Lord spoke to me in 2018. The day is coming where soon they're not going to allow you to speak freely on these, on these platforms, which sounded ridiculous. I mean, I know it sounds like a lifetime ago, but if you think back five years, there was no restriction of speech of any kind. Twitter was free. Facebook was free. You say whatever you want. There was no, this, this fake hate speech. I don't, I don't believe in hate speech. There's no such thing as hate speech. There's free speech or not free speech. Who determines what hate speech is? We need people to, to regulate speech. Okay. Would you work for Benito Mussolini? There's just free speech. If you don't believe in free speech, people saying things you don't like, you feel like it should be restricted. <laughs> You're a communist. You're anti-God. I'm not even for that. I'm not trying to turn America into a Christian version of Pakistan where everybody has to be a Christian or we kill them. No. People are to be free in life. Can you say amen? amen. So when the Lord told me that, the day's coming where you're not going to be allowed to post and preach on Facebook and YouTube. They'll take you down. Get another platform ready that can't be messed with. And so we started getting that app built before any of that happened. I remember they wanted $40,000 for it. I told Rom, tell them we'll give them 26 up front instead of paying them 40 over time. And they said no. And I said, I bet you they'll call back. Because you sit around thinking, and they go, you know, that is 26000 we could have right now. And sure enough, they called right back and said they'd do it for twenty six, And that app was built. Because the Lord will always keep his people a step ahead of what the devil has planned. There is absolutely no way to fast and pray with us for 21 days and get caught off guard by anything that happens this year. Because I'll tell you what fasting and prayer does. Fasting and prayer takes you from reacting to what's happening in the world to the world having to react to what you're doing. Now, there are people here tonight that as God places his hand on your life tonight, the world is going to have to react to decisions that you make. You will not react to decisions the world makes. Abraham was not saying, I wonder what the Canaanites are doing. I wonder what the Philistines are doing. Abraham was one man. He was the only one serving God in that land. It was full of blood, sacrifice, occultic pagans. 
And he was leading the charge, taking their wealth, buying their land, buying their cattle because of the blessing of Almighty God. We know what the Bible says? When Jesus died, part of the reason he died, Genesis 3.14, that the blessing of Abraham would come upon all who believe. What's the blessing of Abraham? I'm not reacting to the world. I carry something that causes the world to react to me. You are going from the passenger seat to the driver's seat tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. I said tonight you are going from the back seat to the driver's seat. Not by might, not by power, but by the spirit of almighty God. If you receive that, let the devil know you know. Come on, clap your hands all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. The devil is defeated. Last time I was at the private airport in Pittsburgh, they pointed to two planes and said, they told me what companies they are. They're getting rid of their planes. Can't afford them anymore. They're losing. I'm acquiring. I'm in a different stream than the world. It's what we used to hear all the time growing up in Pentecostal church. It needs to be preached back into people's spirits. We live in this world, but we are not of this world. We look like everybody else, but we're not like everybody else. We are children of the Most High God. I don't mean to sound like unkind, but I will anyway. Because there's no way to say it kindly. And I'm not happy about it. In fact, my whole life is given to changing what I'm about to say. I don't say, oh, good, good, those people don't know the Lord, they're going to hell anyway. No. We reach them, instruct them, and preach that some, that, that some might be saved. But when you hear people say, how I many know we're all God's children? One of the reasons that's, no, not only is it wrong, one of the reasons it's dangerous to believe like that is then you would feel, yeah, anything can happen to anyone. We're all God's children. So when you hear about bad things happening to people, that could happen to me too because we're all God's children. We're not all God's children. Jesus looked at a whole group of people in the Gospels and said, ye are of your father, the devil. Bible teaches that people are born in sin. The way you hear most people preach, you would think, what's the point of being born again? I mean, deep down you're good. You may have been marred by society, but there's a champion down on the inside of you. No, there's not. There's actually this dark, wicked thing called sin that needs to be rooted out by the blood of Jesus Christ. People need to be saved. They're not, they're not winners. You're a born loser. You can go down. That's why people aren't, people aren't all on antidepressants because we're all winners on the inside. There's sin that if it's not dealt with, the branches of that thing come and start strangling your life. Whether it manifests as drug addiction or poverty or, or murder or prison or all of the above. And that, but then when that gets taken out, see if we think we're all the same, then, and it, then anything can happen to anybody. You hear about somebody getting killed in a car accident? Well, that could happen, that could be you. No, it can't. Because I am a child of God through redemption by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, this may be the only thing I hammer into your spirit tonight, but it would be worth the trip out to Wataga. There has to be in 2024, from, and not just this year, from now to the coming of the Lord, there has to be in every believer a far above blood-bought mentality. Not that you treat people like garbage. Jesus was far above. He said, 
You know, Jesus, people, people think they'd all like him. Most people would not like him. Who talks to a whole group of people and says, you are from below, I am from above? That ain't going to win people. <laughs> That's why there's a lot of sermons Jesus preached where people, when, they, when he finished, they didn't give him an offering. They picked up rocks to kill him. Now, you know you're ticking people off as a preacher when people are looking around for the nearest heavy object to hit you with. Not on the, not, they didn't say, I'm never coming back to hear him again. They said, let's kill this guy. I don't like what he says. I am from above. You are from below. There has to be, the, what does the Bible say? Let that mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. So the mentality Jesus carried, that I'm from above. I'm born from above. When I got born again, we're not all God's children, but when we become believers, when we receive Jesus Christ, more happens than just your sin being forgiven. More happens than just your name being written in heaven. You become what the Bible calls born again. Born of the spirit of God's nature on the inside of you. Turn to John chapter 10. If I'm going to preach it, I'm just going to preach it like both barrels. John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 22. It was now winter and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. He was in the temple walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade. The people surrounded him and asked, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus replied, I've already told you and you don't believe me. The proof is the work I do in the Father's name. But you don't believe me because you're not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my Father has given them to me and he's more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. Now you think of this, and I hate to always use mafia and organized crime examples. You know, what would cause John Gotti, when he's under surveillance of the FBI, to know where the camera is, walk out smoking a cigar, and flip the FBI camera off and walk back in his place? That's a far above mentality. Why? Because he had a level of power and paid off judges and paid off councilmen. You're not going to touch me. So he had gained power enough that something, if somebody told you you're under FBI investigation, you'd be freaking out. You don't be smoking a cigar, giving the finger. So that guy with corrupt power had no fear of what would put other people in fear. Well, we don't have, you know, if you had your dad was a federal judge here in Texas. Hey, listen, don't worry. You get pulled over for a ticket. You would have that. Excuse me, sir. You were speeding. Do you know who my dad is? If your dad was the mayor or whatever, and you were kind of like a jerk and you got pulled over for speeding, you would say, officer, Number one, I'm not giving you my, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you an actual Texas example of a far above mentality. This guy walked into a restaurant. This is a true story. Uh, in Houston. And, uh, the, the owner of the restaurant came over and said, sir, you're going to have to put a mask on. He said, I'm at the table. He said, you're going to have to go back to the lobby and put a mask on and then come sit down. 
He said, you want me to walk and go out to my car and get a mask and walk back here when I'm already seated? That's right. Or you won't be served any food. He said, well, I'm not. The guy said, then, then, then we're going to call the police. He said, he pulled out a leather thing and flipped it open. He said, I'm the county judge here. You know, if you own a business, it might be a good idea to familiarize yourself with certain people that are in the county. I'm the county judge here, and this place is shut down for 90 days and pointed out several violations of code. Because he had that badge. That badge made him, see Texans like stories like that. Any kind of butt kicking, I'm not taking any crap from anybody's story, always gets amens down here. So he flipped that open and did that. I heard that story, I liked it too, and I'm not even from Texas. Because he knew in that county, you know, nobody's telling me what to do. You don't have a bought-off federal judges with mafia ties. You don't have county judge badge. You have a divine. <laughs> That's why I read what Jesus just said. My father is more powerful, not more powerful than anyone in this county. Now, that would be quite a statement. My father is the most powerful man in this county. Well, this, Tarrant County? Are we still in Tarrant County in Watauga? I mean, if you're the most powerful man in, in Tarrant County, you're powerful because I know, I know there's quite a few billionaires that live here and people with high up political ties and stuff. So if you could make that statement that was true, my father is the most powerful man in Tarrant County. My friends in Pittsburgh, my father is the most powerful man in Allegheny County. I mean, you got the Heinz company there. You got U.S. Steel. You're making quite a statement. If it's true, then people would know to leave you alone. If a cop knew who you were, they'd say, just let him drive. I want to pull him over if I were you. He can make one phone call and you're, you're off the force. What if you could say, my father is the most powerful man in Texas? Well, you got the Bushes. You got the, 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 those two brothers. You, you got a ton of, and then you got a bunch of people off the books here. They have their own currency from like the 1800s that still haven't even come in under the American system yet. Hopefully that wasn't a word of knowledge for somebody that snuck in here. If you could say my father is the most powerful man in Texas or the most powerful man in, in Pennsylvania and you meant it and it was real, you're, you're something special. What if you could say my father is the most powerful man in the United States of America? Well, you're in good shape. But as you can see with Hunter Biden, there's still, and I'm not, I'm not saying that, I'm telling you, you can see even if your dad is the president, the way the country is set up here, they can still come after you. So there's still limitations. Even if your dad was the president or a senator, there are limitations on how much you can do and what you can do in this country. What if you said your dad is the most powerful man in the world? He's head of the United Nations. He's head of the world. Your dad's Klaus Schwab. Your dad's the head of the International Monetary Fund. He's the most powerful man in the world. That's quite a statement. But your father, when you got born again, Think of how Jesus explained salvation. He explained it in such a way that Nicodemus said, where can I get baptized? No, how can I go back into my mother and be born again? Jesus said, no, you're not born of the flesh. You're born of the spirit. When you become a Christian, they have so undersold it to people. You're, when you get saved, your sins are forgiven and your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Yes, that's true. And if that's all there was, it'd be worth getting saved to not go to hell. But the Bible also teaches that you become born again from the inside out. Now, I'm telling you, my, my first and second grade teacher sits in the front row when I preach. 
in Pittsburgh. She might be there tonight. She could tell you that I miss recess twice a week, every week to get speech therapy. I had braces on my legs. Enough so that an old lady that came to our church a couple weeks ago that was in my church that I grew up in interrupted my sermon and said, are you the same Jonathan that went to Central Assembly of God in Houston, Pennsylvania? Where are the braces on your legs? How are you speaking like you are? Because whatever, when you get born again, there might be all kinds of limitation and trouble, but what's on the inside starts to work on what's on the outside. And what is of the curse has to succumb to what's of the blessing. I see everything that's of the curse succumbing to the blessing in your life. In Jesus' name. That's what... You know a simple song we used to sing growing up that that, that would encapsulate that? Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. It is impossible. It is impossible to have the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. The same spirit. There's not Jesus' Holy Spirit and then he gave us his brother. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, if he dwells where? Where? Holy Spirit, come. He's already there. You never hear me. I don't know. I I, I can't watch all the church services here. Usually I'm the one preaching from the screen. You don't hear us say that ever. Holy Spirit. You ever notice there's no anointing when someone says that? Holy Spirit, come. Because you're already showing your ignorance. You know what Smith Wigglesworth used to say that ticked people off? He would tell them in the 1800s, we just want the Holy Spirit to, to come. He said, he's already here because he came with me. Until you have that mentality, you are going to get slapped around by the devil and by MSNBC and CNBC and the Democratic Party and political rumors. But when you understand the greater one lives, not out there, not up in heaven, he lives and abides on the inside of me. And greater, greater is he that lives in me than every demon spirit and wicked power that lives in the world. He lives in me. I I came out of the assemblies of God and it was custom in the assemblies of God before you got ready to to preach, the guys would gather around you and put their hands on you and say, Father, anoint our brother to preach tonight. There was this mentality like you were Clark Kent and then for church you went in the phone book and turned into Superman. Stay, stay in the back of the church till it's your time to preach. Drinking Mountain Dew. <laughs> Put your cape on. Come out and be a superhero. Then go in the back and clutch. <sighs> now I'll go back to Jonathan. You can live in the Holy Ghost. I don't want to change what I just said. You, I'm talking about you. You will live in the Holy Ghost. From now until the coming of the Lord. You'll think you're just going to the grocery store or to work or to gas your truck up, but you're going to be going everywhere on divine assignment because you're not only not in the world, you are of God, and whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. The young people of this church are going to dominate. The young adults of this church are going to dominate. The mothers and fathers of this church are going to dominate. The seniors of this church are going to dominate. 
You know, despite many rumors and internet posts, I'm not an idiot. Not everyone agrees with that statement, but that's fine. We ha- I still stick up for freedom of speech. When I say what I'm about to say, I'm not saying it as an idiot. I know exactly. And I, I, I pray it never happens. If they find out there's Palestinian, Hamas, Hezbollah sleeper cells here that have poured through the southern border. And uh, who knows, Chinese dissident groups that are set up waiting for the call to attack America while it's weak this year with our current administration. It won't change one thing I'm doing, preaching, or attaining. The devil has no capacity, not just to stop me. He can't slow me down. There is a divine acceleration on the left. You listen to me now. This is just me. So when I say, if they announce tomorrow we're at war with China, and there's already Chinese groups here, and there's cities that have been blown up, all we'll have is bigger meetings. And I don't want any of that to happen. But you know what happens in war? People get scared. When we invaded Iraq, and that wasn't even a, you know, it's not like we were fighting China or Russia. Iraq, Iraq had troops that were surrendering to CBS cameramen. They thought the camera was like some type of advanced equipment. That's true. They had a whole battalion come up to a CBS cameraman because he had the camera pointed at him. But even in that war, on a Wednesday night after we invaded Iraq, they had to set up two rows of fold-out chairs on the side of all the pews, and it was packed on a Wednesday night to hear the associate pastor. He couldn't even hide how surprised he was. He looked up, well... People were nervous. So we will have a growing church and great crusades if we're at peace all year, which I pray we are. And if the devil does a bunch of tricks and to borrow some old Irish words, shenanigans, all it will do is make people realize that the things they had their hope in are shaken and not worth trusting in. And there must be something else I can put my faith in. And like 2020, we'll have the biggest meetings packed out the walls. I've told you this before. However it happens, this is what's going to happen. You mark my words. The day will come where we'll have to have a 7 o'clock service and then an 11 o'clock service and have everybody from 7 o'clock leave and the new crowd come at 11. Then 1.30 and the new crowd come. People, you mark my words, in this last day revival, people won't even care what time it is. They want to be in church. They want to be in the house of God. That hunger is already birthing in this nation now. The devil is not going to have the United States of America. The devil is not going to write the last chapter of the United States of America. The devil's not going to have Texas, the devil's all gonna have Pennsylvania. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and all the inhabitants that dwell therein. Let me tell you, when the ish hits the fan, people aren't gonna be looking for life lessons from the movie Barbie and free popcorn. There's a type of church that if you sold out the Holy Ghost to have that other kind of church, there's a type of church and offerings and stuff that only work in peacetime with a good economy. We don't say much about the offering. We have boxes at the back. and Today's church at the movies. Nobody's going to be there. If there's bioweapons, they're going to go to a place where the church is meeting as normal and nobody's sick. 
and they're clearing out sickness and disease. They're going to go to the place where the provision of God, where when all the economies dying, there's people coming into the house of God saying, you're never going to believe what happened to me. Because the wealth doesn't disappear. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. There is nothing that's going to happen in the economic world that's going to cause you to stagnate or go backwards. This is your year of divine advancement by the power of the Holy Ghost. Your finances, your body, your health, your children, you might look like everybody else, but you're not like everybody else. You are born of above and your father is more powerful than anybody. When I had no money, when I had no money, you heard me preach, we'll never take a loan. And now we have money and we're still not taking loans. You know, you can get enough money in your ministry where people come and offer you loans when you're not even asking for one. Listen, if you ever need, we'll just write a paper right now. You can have so much. No, thank you. Didn't need you before. Definitely don't need you now. People don't have, that seems like a simple scripture. My father is more powerful than anyone else. Very few Christians believe they're God, that there's an actual God that has actual power. That's why they don't pray. It is such a step down. If your father owns all the silver and the gold, what knucklehead's going to go to PNC Bank and ask a loan officer if they can borrow some money? If your dad was a billionaire and he found out you went to a bank to try to get a $100,000 loan and your dad loved you, what are you, I heard you went to get a loan. What an insult. Why don't you ask me? I'll take care of you. I birthed you. I love you. Now, you, you know, a lot of people, this analogy breaks down because they had sucky dads. But God isn't a lousy father. I've never seen God on one episode of Judge Judy. Somebody chasing him down for child support. He's a, if you fathers being evil, know how to not meet the needs, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to all who ask? Anybody ever hear of Sitka hunting equipment? My wife made an offhand comment that she likes Sitka hunting equipment, that it's the best. I, I don't know much about hunting, as you probably could tell from looking at me. We have a weird marriage. My wife goes out and hunt, and I make dinner. And then say, where have you been? You were out all day. I've been working hard on this dinner. <laughs> so I never heard of Sitka hunting gear, but I just heard her make a comment at the house. Man, I'd love that. And she's, she wants to go on an elk hunt where it's cold, which is where elk are. And so she mentioned it. She just made an offhand comment. And I went on Sitka and I ordered everything they had on the website in her sash. And it was at the house and I paid the highest shipping there was to have it there. It all arrived yesterday. Because that's my wife and I love her. You make a comment. I got the money. I'll, I'll get it for you. My money. I'm not trying to save money. Anybody that's ever spent six hours with me knows I'm making no attempt. I'm spending money like they give out medals for it. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm just telling you what I do. I've got the same value for money that a six-year-old has. Here. No, I'm spending it on my wife. Spending it on my family. If you watched the service last night, told my neighbor we're paying his whole, all his house payments for, for a month. You know, that's the third. Two other families in the church. I called them uh, the week of Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's. They just came to my spirit when I was 
thinking about our church. They're not needy people. And I said, uh, I told Patrick, call this person up and just tell them we're going to pay their house off, whatever they owe on it. And then that felt so good. And they, when you tell somebody you're going to pay their whole house off, they react like you shot their whole family in front of them. They just go like this. <laughs> so then that felt so good. We called another family up. And I said, uh, tell them they're gonna, we're going to pay their house off. And there was two. And then I'm going to pay the payments for a, a, month, a year on that other one. Now I'm going to tell you something. I'm trying to get you to come to this church. The day will come where this church and this ministry will carry the resources to help regions. Like, like I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to give, I'm, and I'm not, I'm not, everything I'm saying is a fact before it takes place. I'm speaking by the Spirit. The day will come where if the United States government deteriorates and the roads are in bad shape on the way to our church, this church will build the roads so that the roads to the church are in good shape. I've already looked into how much it is. It's a million dollars per mile per lane. So no big deal. That's what we'll do. That's what our Redeemed Christian Church of God does in Nigeria. The road was destroyed going to their place. Nigeria is in free fall. So they paved the road. I mean, the road they paved, it'd be like paving the road from Dallas to Houston. They did it as a church. When I tell you your father is more powerful than anyone else, I'm not talking about some fake. Amen. I, feel, I don't mean ethereal power. I mean power in the realm of wealth. I mean power in the realm of healing. That's why it's a disgrace to God when they bring the sick and people, whether he heals or not. You know what Jesus said? Bring the boy to me. You demon that makes this boy deaf and mute, I tell you, come out of him and don't enter him again. And out it went. And it looked like the boy was dead. But when Jesus picked him up, his life returned to him and he handed him back to his father. Power in the realm of wealth. Power in the realm of health. Power to part the Red Sea. Power to feed 1.3 million people every day in the desert. My father is more powerful than anybody else. Hey! Power! Power. Power. More powerful than anybody's. And you know, God, God's not like uh, humble. Tell your children about the things I did. Keep it in front of them. Tell them I parted the Red Sea. Tell them. That's why the Jewish people have that feast every year to remind them that you had no political party. You had no way out of Egypt. And in one night, I brought you out by my strong right hand. Psalm 105, 37. Psalm 105, 37. He brought his children out of Egypt. Loaded, loaded with silver and gold. Where were they going to spend that silver and gold? There's nowhere to spend it. There's no Walmart in the desert. He decked them out. He made Egypt. He made the world pay them back for all the money that they took from them, working them as slaves. He brought them out of Egypt loaded with silver and gold. And there was not one, not one sick. There was not one feeble among their tribe. If you were 88 and it was time, the cloud moved, the pillar of fire moved, everybody got up and walked. No, no lady had to come and say, Moses, you know my husband, Hank, you went to high school with him. He's in his 80s. I'm like, you are now. He can't walk like we're walking in the desert. 
He's old. There wasn't, and I didn't say there wasn't one sick. Beyond that, there wasn't one feeble. Now, that is a picture. Just like Israel was brought out of Egypt with silver and gold and health and brought to their promised land. That's a picture of the end time church. I've preached on this two or three nights since we've started the church. Finish Dake's note under Psalm 105, 37. He said, is God unable to do for his children now what he did then? He said, if so, we should renounce our new covenant and come back under the old covenant. But no, we don't have to do that because we don't have a worse covenant with worse promises. The Bible says in Hebrews 8, 6, we now have a better covenant with better promises, a better covenant. So if he brought them out of Egypt, when they told me those two companies were selling their planes and somebody was bringing me one, I thought that's how it's going to go for the rest of the time. While the world is going down, you're going to be a billboard that you're not in the world, that you serve a different God. The Bible says that the firstborn of every house in Egypt was killed. But there was nobody that died where the children of God lived because they took the blood of a lamb without spot or wrinkle and applied it to the doorposts of their home. And when the angel of death went to kill the firstborn of every house, when he saw the blood of that lamb, he knew this family's house is a no-go zone. This church, Fort Worth, Revival Today Fort Worth is a no-go zone for the devil. Revival Today Pittsburgh is a no-go zone for the devil. When they overturned Roe versus Wade and there were people all through Pittsburgh throwing paint on churches and stuff, nobody touched ours. You come on that property, you would meet an angel that doesn't have a heart. He has a gold tooth and an only God can judge me neck tattoo. They're not all musicians. Some of them kill people for a living. This church is a no-go zone. Your house is a no-go zone. The Bible doesn't say you'll get sick and God will heal you. It says no plague will come near your dwelling. My father was preaching in rural India. People from across the way that were in a, a, a violent blood cult came to kill him one at a time. First one. Drops when he gets to the altar. Second one, with a machete, drops. Third one, drops. Fourth one, drops. Fifth one, he's just preaching. Boom, boom. Coming in with weapons, they all just fall. You think it was hard for my dad to give an altar call that night? What the devil meant to kill my father just showed a crowd of 5,000 people. This guy's not some white guy telling you how to use a fork and a knife and have a cross. This guy knows. This guy's on assignment. From the almighty God. God laid waste to the servants of the other gods. He did it all through the Bible. Now, that's the distinction. That's why I'm here. I'm not here to preach. I fasted and prayed for 21 days when I had no congregation every year. Then I had the Lord speak to me around 2012 to start teaching the body of Christ. What my dad taught me, what I learned in my own fasting and prayer for those 10 years. We'd have 30 people in a ballroom, 40 people in a ballroom, and do a broadcast from our living room like I showed you last night. And then now, the he who's faithful with, with little, I'll make him rule over much, then it grows. And that's what we're doing now. If all of you were gone, and I showed up tonight, and I was the only one in the room, I'd just put the microphone down, and I'd spend the same amount of time in the Word, and then lifting my hands and praying in the Holy Ghost like I did when I was in my living room by myself. Because these are 21 days to apply the blood to the doorposts of your house. Because what you're doing right now is you're showing by physical action, I'm not like everybody else. 
I'm not out. I'm not at in and out. I'm not at Whataburger. I'm in the house of God. And I'm putting the first of my year, not just first fruits of my money, first fruits of my days of the year, and planting them in the house of God. And when you make uncommon actions for God, you receive uncommon reward and favor from God. So when I watch or hear the news, and I do a news program every Saturday night, I never think, oh, look what they're doing to us. There's no us. There's you. My destiny is outlined in the word of God. And everything God told me when I was eight years old at kids camp and altar services when I was 10, the devil has no capacity to pluck that out of, out of my, my spirit or my life. So I pray for people and preach the word of faith so that the people that are troubled can know you can also be redeemed. This isn't an exclusive club. You can be born again. You can have the same, same God I have. But I do feel like your average Christian does not have any revelation that there is an actual God in heaven. That though you've never seen him, he's not a ghost. He's not a wind. He's not a higher power. He's a person. Adam walked with him in the cool of the day. And they spoke. You can't speak to someone that's 100 feet tall. How are you today? Good. Well, they walked. And they spoke. The Bible says God said... In our image and in our likeness, he created us. So he looks like he's got two. Anytime you see a God with more than two arms, that's how you know you're looking at the wrong one straight away. We're created in his image and in his likeness. And he owns all the silver and all the gold. He doesn't have to check with anybody about who he gives it to. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he doesn't eat meat. It's for you. When my dad ran out of money preaching in Germany, he went out to pray, and before he could get the words out of his mouth, a wind blew, and money stuck to his pant leg, and he went to go see who, who lost money, and there wasn't anybody anywhere. No, don't pray. Here, go home. Then he got upgraded to first class on the way home. You know, interesting. If he didn't run out of money, then he just went about it naturally and probably flew home coach. Actually, the thing that caused there to be a problem and caused him to point his faith to God took him to a higher level. Faith doesn't give you the ability to withstand the storms of life. Faith makes you a ruler in the midst of the storms of life. Faith causes you to stretch forth your hand and tell the water to get out of your way. And the water stand up and the ground dry out. What I'm preaching to you today in Pittsburgh and Fort Worth is not to survive 2024. God is putting something in your spirit right now where you are going to run roughshod over the head of the devil whether he likes it or not. Because greater is he who lives in you, who lives in you, who lives in you than he that's in the world. If you receive it one more time, take 30 seconds and celebrate it. Come on, celebrate. Celebrate, Pennsylvania. The earth is the Lord's. Say it out loud. My father is more powerful than anyone else. Stay on your feet and lift both hands. Just begin to thank your father right now. That not only is he more powerful than anyone else, he gave that power to the church, which is his body. That power's in you. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Come on, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, pray in the Holy Ghost. 
If you've not been filled with the Holy Ghost yet, get baptized in the Holy Ghost tonight. You cannot live proper Christianity without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's why it was the first command that God gave, that Christ gave to, to, to the disciples. Before you do anything, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Receive ye the baptism of the Holy Ghost so that you can speak with tongues, so you can carry the fire of the Holy Ghost with you everywhere you go. Lift your hands and let's pray. Pray in Pittsburgh. Pray in Fort Worth. Thank you, Lord. Oh, you sound good. There we go. Get it up above 20 decibels, 30 decibels. Pray. Pray from your spirit. Lift up your voice unto God. Lift up the hands that hang low. I'm not like everybody else. I'm not going to live like everybody else. I have a covenant with God. Hey, I have a covenant with God. In Jesus' name, everybody said. David's father, Jesse, had already marked his life out for him. He was going to be the lowest son. I'm going to have you help me take care of the sheep. Your brothers, I'm going to send them to West Point, and they're going to be great. Even Samuel the prophet came and said, surely this firstborn is the Lord's anointed. But when you serve the Lord, nobody gets the privilege to mark out how high you go. God will take you where no eye has seen. I've been hearing that probably the last, I don't know, all the last year, 12 months. Because in January was when somebody gave us 24.8 acres of land to build the church. I never heard of that before. I know me either. But what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what's never entered into the heart of man, that's what God has reserved. It doesn't say he has reserved for Jonathan or David. It says he has it reserved for all who love him. What brought you to church tonight? A love for God. That's why I've been telling people since we started the church, don't ask where, where I'm going to be. You're going to be in Fort Worth? I might come. If you're serving me, you're going to go to hell. I didn't die for your sins. I would also refuse to die for your sins. I wouldn't even take like a slap for you. I would duck. We serve Christ. I said we serve Christ. So our commitment is to him and to our God. Again, that goes back to what I've been telling you. People don't actually believe there's a God that's... A, see, I serve the Lord. I used to go to prayer during 21 days of prayer and fasting when I didn't have a church. I asked the pastor. He gave me a thing on the app that unlocked the church door and I'd come in and pray myself. And then when I got done, I'd put money on the altar like a Catholic and leave. There's nobody telling... There's no need. Brother, we need givers. If you could just... No. I was just me and God. This is for you. And then thank you for listening to my prayers. I have a relationship with God. God God gave us that land. God gave us our first building. God, who could cause this to happen? How do you have a growing church when you're not there? No stress. How do you have, there? do you know this? There are three or four families in this church that moved to Fort Worth. One of them told me, the Lord spoke to them, this building is where you're to attend church. And when they came, they found out there's no church on Sunday and they were confused. And then two weeks later, they heard there's a church starting here on Sunday. So the Lord brought people before there was a church. 
before the need arises, the provisions that are ahead of time. And while they're yet speaking, I will hear. I'm not saying these things to brag. First of all, what have, what have I said that I had anything to do with? I'm saying these things to boast in the Lord, but to tell you the, that book's not bullcrap. When God said that the blessing of the Lord makes a man rich, he means rich. Like so rich that rich people call you rich. There are people here that have been so poor that poor people call you poor. That when it's all said and done, you'll be so rich that rich people will say, I've got some, I'm rich, but that guy is rich. This is the hour. How many of you, how many of you were at or watched what Nohai has seen when Paul and Nietzsche was there on Friday night? By the way, that kid that tossed his crutches away, that has the polio crutches, he's never used them again. He goes to my mother's church in Maine. My mother said he's stronger every Sunday. What did Paul Nietzsche say? He said, this is the hour where the devil, where God is going to raise up believers that will make the devil regret being the devil. You won't be checking for the devil under your bed before you go to sleep at night, but he'll be checking for you under his bed before he goes to sleep at night. Because greater is he. I give you authority over all the work of the devil and to cast out unclean spirits and nothing shall by any means. You want to know a word for 2024? Nothing shall by any means harm you. Do you remember when they were doing um, rioting during the 2020 election or before it in the summertime and they were rioting in Dallas and then they went to a suburb in Texas all the marchers and there were men standing there with AR-15s just standing there and the marchers saw them. There were no shots right. The marchers saw them. The Bible doesn't say beat up the devil and he'll flee. It says resist the devil and he'll flee. In the cities there was no resistance. But if you got out in the suburbs, there was resistance. And just the look in the eye of those men, people knew they were overmatched. You're not going to spend this year fighting the devil. You're going to leave out of this meeting tonight with a look in your eye where the devil knows that old lady that I used to trample on, she has something different on the inside of her now. I'm not trampling on her. She's going to trample over me. Hallelujah. Say it so the devil can hear you. I'm not like everybody else. I'm not going to live like everybody else. I'm going to live my life for Jesus Christ. I'm going to have what God said I have. I'm going to be who God said I am. I'm going forward forever and backwards never in Jesus' mighty name. How many of you ever heard of Dr. Lester Summerall? He built that final home and the Lord told him to build a, a, a garage with two garage doors, one at the front and one at the back, and build a circle driveway. And the Lord said, I don't want you starting every day backing out of your driveway. You're in your 70s now. So your driveway is going to be a prophetic sign to people on the outside and to you every day when you start your day that faith never moves backwards. Faith only moves forward. 
And the Lord had him do it so that every day, while all his friends were retiring at 71 and 72, he'd open his different garage door and have it as a sign to him, I'm not having you take steps backwards. You're going to take steps forward. And he did more from 75 to 85 than he did in the 60 years before that because God is never through. The seniors in this church, get ready. Get ready for the greatest year that God's not through. God's not through blessing you. Thank you for sharing the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. If you're interested in supporting our mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, please visit RevivalToday.com and click on Give Now to become one of our monthly partners. Thank you in advance. We hope to see you soon.